Chapter 27 of Buffalo Bill From Prairie to Palace. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Buffalo Bill From Prairie to Palace by John M. Burke. Chapter 27 The Last Indian War. Leaving the temporary colony under the charge of his director partner, Mr. Nate Salisbury, whose energy found occupation in attending to the details of the future, Colonel Cody and the Indians departed for America, arriving safely, and after refuting satisfactorily by the Indians themselves the base slanders that emanated in the imagination of notoriety-seeking busybodies, proceeded to the seat of the Indian difficulties in the distant state of Dakota. In this campaign against the Indians, Buffalo Bill rendered valuable services and was ordered to the command of General Colby of the National Guard of the state of Nebraska and to report to General Miles, the commander-in-chief. His authority for going to the front is shown by the accompanying appointment and order from the governor. State of Nebraska Executive Department, General W. F. Cody, Lincoln, January 6, 1891, Rushville, Nebraska. My dear General, as you are a member of my staff, I have detailed you for special service, the particular nature of which was made known during our conversation. You will proceed to the scene of the Indian troubles and communicate with General Miles. You will, in addition to the special service referred to, please visit the different towns, if time permits, along the line of the Elkhorn Railroad, and use your influence to quiet excitement and remove apprehensions upon the part of the people. Please call upon General Colby and give him your views as to the probability of the Indians breaking through the cordon of regular troops. Your superior knowledge of Indian character and mode of warfare may enable you to make suggestions of importance. All officers and members of the state troops and all others will please extend to you every courtesy. In testimony whereof, John M. Thayer, Governor. Had the Indian uprising broken out into a general war, Buffalo Bill would have had the opportunity to show the world what he could do as a general officer, handling a number of men in action. But fortunately, the splendidly conceived and executed maneuvers of General Miles, the commander-in-chief, prevented the outbreak from extending to all the tribes, and put down the rebellious savages with little bloodshed, thus saving a long and cruel war upon the frontier. The letter given herewith from General Miles at the conclusion of the campaign shows the appreciation by General Miles of Buffalo Bill's services and which met the general approbation of the press of the country, many correspondents being upon the field, while Colonel Cody's telegrams to the New York Herald and Sun give a most thorough explanation of the situation. As Buffalo Bill sees it, he thinks it looks like peace in the Indian country. Buffalo Bill telegraphs to the New York Herald from Pine Ridge Agency. Pine Ridge Agency, Dakota. In the field, via courier to the telegraph, New York Herald. Your request for my opinion of the Indian situation is, 
by reason of the complications and the changeable nature of the red man's mind and action, a puzzler. Every hour brings out a new opinion. Indian history furnishes no similar situation. You must imagine about 5,000 Indians, an unusual proportion warriors, better armed than ever known before, hemmed in by a cordon about 16 miles in diameter, composed of over 3,000 troops, acting like a slowly closing dragnet. This mass of Indians is now influenced by a percentage as despairingly desperate and fanatical as the late Bigfoot party under Short Bull and Kicking Bear. It contains also restrained neutrals, frightened and disaffected Ogallalas, hampered by the powerful Brules, backed by renegades and desperados from all other agencies. There are about 2,500 acting and believed to be friendly Indians in and around the agency. Such is the situation General Miles and the military confront. Any one of this undisciplined mass is able to precipitate a terrible conflict from the most unexpected quarter. Each of the component quantities is to be watched, to be measured, to be just to. In fact, it is a war with the most wily and savage people, yet the whites are restrained by a humane and peaceful desire to prevent bloodshed and save a people from themselves. It is like cooling and calming a volcano. Ordinary warfare shows no parallel. General Miles seems to hold a firm grip on the situation. The Indians know him, express confidence in his honor, truth, and justice to them, and they fear his power and valor as well. As the mailer now stands, he and they should be allowed, untrammeled even by a suggestion, to settle the affair, as no one, not on the spot, can appreciate the fearfully delicate position. The chaff must be sifted from the wheat, and in this instance, the chaff must be threshed. At the moment, as far as words go, I would say it will be peace, but the smoldering spark is visible that may precipitate a terrible conflict any time in the next few days. However it ends, more and prompt attention should be paid in the future to the Sioux Indian, his rights, his complaints, and even his necessities. Respect and consideration should also be given for the gallant little army, for it is the Indian and soldier who pay the most costly price in the end. I think it looks like peace, and if so, the greater the victory. W. F. Cody, Buffalo Bill Headquarters, Division of the Missouri, Chicago, Illinois In the Field, Pine Ridge, South Dakota, January 11, 1891 Brigadier General W. F. Cody, Nebraska National Guard, Present Sir, I am glad to inform you that the entire body of Indians are now camped near here, within a mile and a half. They show every disposition to comply with the orders of the authorities. Nothing but an accident can prevent peace being re-established, and it will be our ambition to make it of a permanent character. I feel that the state troops can now be withdrawn with safety, and desire through you to express to them my thanks for the confidence they have given your people in their isolated homes. Like information has this day been given General Colby. Very respectfully yours, Nelson A. Miles, Major General,
commanding. The situation in the Indian country, a marvel of military strategy. Colonel W.F. Cody, Buffalo Bill, who is at Pine Ridge, telegraphs the following for the New York Sun, which expresses his views of the present critical situation. The situation today, so far as military strategy goes, is one of the best-marked triumphs known in the history of Indian campaigns. It speaks for itself, for the usual incidents to an Indian warfare, such as raids on settlers and widespread devastation, have been wholly prevented. Only one white man has been killed outside the military circle. The presiding genius and his able aides have acted with all the cautious prowess of the hunter in surrounding and placing in a trap his dangerous game, at the same time recognizing the value of keeping the game imprisoned for future reasons. I speak, of course, of the campaign as originally intended to overawe and pacify the disaffected portion of the Ogallalas, Wasahoas, and Brules, the Bigfoot affair at the Wounded Knee Creek being an unlooked-for accident. The situation today, with the desperate band corralled and the possibility of any individual fanatic running amok, is most critical, but the wise measure of holding them in a military wall, allowing them time to quiet down and listen to the assurances of such men as young man afraid of his horses, Rocky Bear, No Neck, and other progressive Indians, relieves the situation, so that unless some accident happens, the military end of the active warfare seems a complete, final, and brilliant success, as creditable to General Miles' military reputation as it is to the humane and just side of his character. Neither should praise be withheld from General Brooke Carr Wheaton, Henry, Forsyth, and the other officers and men of the gallant little army, who stood much privation. In every instance when I have heard them speak, they have expressed great sympathy for their unhappy foe and regrets for his impoverished and desperate condition. They and the thoughtful people here are now thinking about the future. In fact, the government and nation are confronted by a problem of great importance as regards remedying the existing evils. The larger portion of the Ogallala Sioux have acted nobly in this affair, especially up to the time of the stampede. The Wasahoas and Brules have laid waste the reservation of the Ogallalas, killed their cattle, shot their horses, pillaged their houses, burned their ranches. In fact, poor as the Ogallalas were before, the Brules have left nothing but the bare ground, a white sheet instead of a blanket, with a winter at hand, and the little accumulations of thirteen years swept away. This much, as well as race and tribal dissensions and personal enmity, have they incurred for standing by the government. These people need as much sympathy and immediate assistance as any section of the country when great calamities arose the sympathy of the philanthropist and the government. This is now the part of the situation that to me seems the most remarkable. Intelligent and quick legislation can now do more than the bullet. William F. Cody, Buffalo Bill End of Chapter 27